It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to be, One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Good to have you today here on Raider Nation Radio, summertime radio. As we continue on the flagship of the Silver and Black and streaming live on the Raiders mobile app. I said it, I'll say it all day. I thought we were going to get a little rain last night here in Summerlin. We got a little drizzle. We didn't get the rain. We were sitting there looking for a powerful rainstorm to wash out some of the backyard that hasn't gotten rain. (laughs) Was the last time it rained? Two years? I'm not exaggerating. A year? I don't know where you live in this part of the valley, man. But it has been dry And last night, they just teased us a bit, and now the sun is out. It's a glorious weekend. Big sports weekend. There could be a new Stanley Cup champ as of Friday, and all the news that's happening here. The Warriors coming to Resorts World to party. How about that? Keeping the tradition alive to come to party, and so many cool things happening here. So I got a busy show today. I only have two guests, maybe three. We like to give you the best guest in town. Today's guests are really interesting. They come from a gambling perspective. Two of the most iconic gamblers in Vegas is a sports gambling town. Bill Krakenberger, America's favorite sports gambler. I'm talking to him today, and he's driving to the border of Arizona to place bets that he can't place in Nevada. He's on a road that ends. He sent me the video. It's insane. He's on a road, a paved road that ends... And he's on the Arizona border with his app, placing bets. I got to ask what this is about. It's going to be a good interview. He's always great on the radio. He's at the bottom of the hour. Mike North, the legendary sports talk host in Chicago. He's got bets on the draft tonight. Going to talk about how to bet the NFL ahead of time if you want to do that. So two gamblers are coming in today, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do the rest of the show. And then Monday we kick off the summer of Cliff. Uh, Cliff Branch, I was on a conference call today talking about it. I'll tell you, everybody, it's big. It's really big what the Raiders are pulling in Canton, Ohio. It is going to be a sea of silver and black, and it's the perfect storm. The pandemic was the last couple of years, traveling with a mask or without, canceling the Hall of Fame, then doing two classes. You know, this will be my fifth or sixth time to Canton, and this could be the biggest because of Mark Davis's friendship with Cliff and the fact that they're going all in. The invites are out. The players are coming back. So if you're a Raider fan, this is a really important road trip if you can get to Canton, Ohio. And we're going to celebrate the rest of the summer talking about the legacy of Cliff Branch. So the NBA draft is tonight. And this is going to be interesting to see because you can bet on it. And it really looks like, and, and, and for gambling on the draft, I don't know how you do it. I mean, it seems like the number one pick is pretty much set. Uh, Jabari Smith, then you got Chet Holmgren, the seven-foot-plus out of uh, I thought he played great, but he's so skinny out of Gonzaga and Paolo Banchero. So they got a good one, two, three. And NBA teams are finalizing their board ahead of the draft tonight. And it, do- it definitely looks like Auburn's Jabari Smith is going to go number one to Orlando. Chet Holmgren to Oklahoma City at number two. And then Duke's Paolo Banchero to the Rockets 
at number three. And there are rumors the Lakers are back into the draft at number 35 in the second round. And look, there's going to be someone who's drafted eighth, ninth, 15th. That could turn out to be a top player, an all-star here, but we don't know. So I don't go too crazy on this until Summer League because we're going to be doing shows from Summer League. We're going to get a chance, hopefully, to interview some of these guys or watch them play. But that is tonight, and the gambling perspective on this and how you would bet on this is going to be really interesting because people have different tickets. A lot of people have tickets from a week or two ago with Banchero going number one. Now people think that's flipped to Jamari Smith. Maybe you're holding a ticket for Chet Holmgren to go number one. So from a gambling perspective, that's going to be really interesting tonight. And unlike the NFL, the NBA draft lottery, and then you have the NBA draft, it's not as big as the NFL because the NFL, we care more about that first round pick. In the NBA, we only care about the first two or three picks. We don't care about the mid first round pick. But if you're in the NFL and you'll have a first round pick and it's number 24 overall, you love that pick. You don't have the first or second pick and you're not freaking out, but you're focused on that 24th pick because that's your first round pick. So the NFL has that going for them. The NBA doesn't. All the NBA does is have the first three picks or four picks. And then after that, there's a bunch of Euros and players you might not have heard of. And then the audience drops off and people aren't really interested. So that'll be tonight. If you're into that, if you think you know the order, one, two, or three, let us know at 702-365-9200. I'm going to spend more time today in a moment on Roger Goodell's testimony yesterday in front of Congress, which he was asked to... He was asked to come up and speak. He did it via Zoom, and he did it. And he took a lot of heat for it. I watched it twice. I recorded it. I watched it twice. I got a lot of nuggets from it today. And Daniel Snyder, I believe, is going to be voted out by the owners sooner than later. And we'll get to that sound as he's been ordered now. He's been subpoenaed to speak in front of Congress. But I want to lead with the column in The Athletic by Deshaun Reed and Vic Tafer. Raiders roster projections debates away to tight end, linebacker, and safety. And I did a deep dive on this column today. It's a really good piece. One of the best pieces of Raider content in the offseason. And a lot of it is standard. You know, the quarterback, Derek Carr. We get to the running back, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Brandon Bolden, and Zamir White. And then the others who are going to be Britton Brown uh, fighting for jobs here. When you look at all of this, really interesting as they're debating who's going to be here. Jacobs, the inside runner, who often takes the worst of it. And Drake leans on his quickness and speed, but then it gets into the fact that White, Zeus, the new one, has starter potential down the line. Tashaun thinks he'll likely have a limited role this season, and Vic thinks he'll share the load with the other three backs. So that's good content because Zeus was drafted out of Georgia, obviously to park behind Josh Jacobs, whose contract didn't get picked up, but Josh Jacobs is a hell of a player, and that might be just what Josh Jacobs needs to run a little bit harder, a little bit more explosive, knowing that there's multiple players looking for his job. So that's going to be important because I don't think you want to run Josh Jacobs in the preseason. I don't think you want you don't want him to get dinged up. The first two games are against the Chargers in Arizona. You need a healthy Josh Jacobs, but the other backs are going to get a lot of looks because they're going to have to learn how to block in this package. They're going to learn how to pick up blocking schemes and pass protection So we'll see what happens there. Then we go to receivers. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Matt Collins, Demarcus Robinson, and Keelan Cole. Uh, Projected in there, the five receivers, and then the others competing for positions here. I thought it was really interesting when we look at Matt Collins and what he's going to be able to do. 
a very similar player to Hunter Renfro, but you can have more than one slot receiver or a guy that you can line up inside. And all of these guys are capable to line up on the outside, including Darren Waller. There are four tight ends in their projections. Foster Moreau, Darren Waller, Jacob Hollister, Nick Bowers. There, I, I think it comes down to Waller and Moreau and one more, which would be Hollister, and how they're going to incorporate Foster Moreau this year. My New York accent comes out when I say Foster. Foster Moreau and how they're going to incorporate him here this year. Foster's a really interesting player because his athletic ability is through the roof. He can do a lot of things, but he doesn't get a lot of touches unless there's an injury to Darren Waller, and we're not projecting that. And you bring in Moreau, is he going to get the ball with Adams and Renfro and Jacobs and Waller and everybody they have there? Is it worth having him? I, I know it is. He's a good player. Raiders love him. But how many targets is he going to get this year? And then the offensive line debate, which is really good. And I'll just summarize what the guy said. It's really Colt Miller and everybody else competing for a position here. Everybody can play. It's anybody's guess. Parker could beat out Leatherwood at right tackle. Parham could push either Simpson or James out of the starting job sooner rather than later. Good didn't participate in the recent minicamp, but we're assuming he'll be back from the knee injury for training camp. And finally, none of these guys except for Colt Miller should get too comfortable. The Raiders have some money to blow, and many veteran offensive linemen are still on the market. I've been projecting to you that I think the Raiders will use some of that $20 million, whatever money they can, to get a veteran offensive lineman. And I think they could wait. I think they have the ability to wait to rosters are cut down to 53 to get the player they want. Now, that's a crapshoot because you don't know if that player is going to get cut or if another team is going to be in front of you to get that player. But you know what I'm saying there. The Raiders have got to get to the preseason with a new offensive lineman somewhere along that starting offensive line who's ready to start. And I've been, I've been putting my neck out for that. I'm not giving you the player. I have no idea who it is. I'm just hoping they're able to do that. Uh, defensive line, we know how strong they are up front. But Indomitian Sue is a name that's still out there. And a lot of Raider fans are talking about it. I went on a local radio show last night on another channel with my buddy Ken Thompson. And it was an hour. He, he took me up and down the roster. And we went through it all, asking my opinions about all these position groups. And I don't dive too heavy into practice squad guys and backups and all that. I want to figure out who's going to start here. So Mad Max, Chandler Jones, Bilal Nickers, Nichols, Jonathan Hankins, Neil Farrell Jr., Matthew Butler, who I interviewed at the draft luncheon, who I'm so high on, it's incredible. Cleland Farrell, who looks like he even transformed his body. Vernon Butler. You know, you look at Malcolm Kuntz. There are several players up here on a rotation basis. I really don't think you got to take Mad Max out of the game ever, other than a breather. This isn't the NBA. This isn't the NBA where you get a timeout at the end of the first quarter and you rest the guy and then you put Max in the second part of the second quarter. Max Crosby is, is young. He's not even in the prime of his career yet. He can run like the wind. I keep him out there along with Chandler Jones, but Chandler Jones is getting up there in age, and depending on the 4-3 or the 3-4 scheme, that what we'll see, he's a guy that could get a breather here or there, and the Raiders have some depth there. And I think the Raiders are very strong up front. If they get Indomitian Sue, which I think it's 30-70, 30% they get him, 70% they don't, because what I think the Raiders are doing now, not on purpose, they're just driving the price down. Indomitian Sue's going on ESPN, 
asking for an opportunity with the Raiders almost. So the price is coming down. Because if the price was going up, he wouldn't be on ESPN putting on a suit and going through what they call the car wash on ESPN is where you go on a podcast, you go on NFL Live, you go on Sports Center, you go on another podcast. That's called the car wash. And he was out there doing that because he's trying to drum up interest in himself. And I think that Indomitian and Sue would rather play for a champion. And there are teams ahead of the Raiders, several teams ahead of the Raiders, that have a better odds, better odds of winning a championship than the Las Vegas Raiders. So if Sue wants to be a mercenary, there's no room for him in L.A. They got Aaron Donald. He left Tampa where he won a Super Bowl. Kansas City could make room for him. I don't know. And then some of the other elite teams. Or he might want to play in Southern Nevada and pay no state taxes and grow his business. The guy's a philanthropist. He's a business guy. Every guy that's come to Vegas from Warren Moon and other guys who live here, athletes, I always talk to them about why they, why they stayed in Vegas. They all tell me the same thing. They love the business side of it. They love entertainment. And they love no state taxes. Maybe that can be in Dominican Sue, who they wrote about. Linebackers are leaner than I thought. Denzel Perryman, Jayon Brown, Divine Diablo, and Kenny Young. And Perryman went to the Pro Bowl. And Brown, a lot of people think, is one of the best cover, cover guys out there, and they need that. Uh, as Vic Tafer wrote and Tashawn Reed, to quote them, many around the NFL believe Brown is one of the best cover linebackers in the league. Well, then go cover someone. Go cover someone. No one covers anybody. Even Perryman isn't great in coverage. The Raiders need to find linebackers who can cover tight ends in the passing game. They've been chewing them up since Antonio Gates with the Chargers, Travis Kelsey with Kansas City. I'm reading it, and it doesn't match my brain and my eyes. The Raiders' weakness at linebacker is they don't have a superstar who's young under the age of 25, and number two, historically, they don't cover well. So that's got to get fixed. It's got to get fixed by Graham, the defensive coordinator, Antonio Pierce, who was a hell of a linebacker. The Raiders need to put something on film at the linebacker position, which isn't tackling in space, tackling runners up the middle. It's covering tight ends and being a linebacker that can drop into pass coverage. Do we all agree on that? Yes, we do. Thank you very much. Then when you look at Kuntz and Diablo as hybrid players, I believe the NFL in this video passing game era that we're living in and is evolving every year, got to find guys who can do that. And I think they're very aware of that. And I think that's why Kuntz, Diablo, and what they have in Perriman is just a guy who's going to set the defense and tackle people in front of them and try to go to another Pro Bowl. The Raiders got a Pro Bowl year out of Perryman. They got an unbelievable year out of Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward's gone. Perriman's here. He's got to come back and play at a high level, which I think he will. And then finally, we go to the cornerbacks where they have Trayvon Mullen, Rocky Asin, Nate Hobbs, Anthony Averett, Amik Robertson, and Darius Phillips. That's not Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes, everybody. Okay, it's not. So we got to hope that Rocky Sin can play and start and stay healthy and play at a very high level, which I think they did. That's why it was part of the trade that brought him in here, which I'm excited to see. And then Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs is being groomed as we speak as a, you know, he's a nickelback. And he can play in the dime and he can do everything. But what happens if Nate Hobbs turns out to be the best skilled cornerback on this team? What happens if we have an embarrassment of Richards, Richards and Trayvon Mullen comes back healthy, and then Nate Hobbs is playing at a higher level, 
And then they look around and go, hey, man, Hobbs is better than Mullen. He's better than him. Let's make him a starting cornerback and keep Mullen on the team. Or is Mullen that much better than Hobbs? I don't know. I'm a big Hobbs fan if he can keep his life clean. If he can stay out of issues off the field, and he's going to have to prove that this year. He was disappointing off the field last year. He's got to be a leader on this team, and hopefully he's evolved that way in the offseason. So that's just what I'm thinking. I'm giving all the credit to Deshaun and Vic. They put the content together. I'm just trying to drive the phone calls and get people to talk about it. But position battles are coming in the next two weeks when training camp starts. And the first time the media is out there and we see what they do and how they send out the starters in the media sessions, we'll get an idea of what's going on there. But fortunately, the Raiders are better with their roster than last year. And how excited are you for Diablo? Legit fear is we have a lot of eggs in the Diablo basket. Hope he is the guy we need him to be. We need him to be a really good player. And initially, when I take a look at all the players that we have out here, they got to be ready to dive in week one, man. they got to be ready to go up against Justin Herbert week one. 3-4, 4-3, linebackers that can cover, got to tackle Eckler. They got big wide receivers, man, big wide receivers. And that game is looming large, especially as this game plan is going to be built and this roster is going to be set. So I'm excited. I'm excited about all of this here. I'm excited about the NBA draft. I have this Roger Goodell sound that I want to get to here real quickly. Uh, Roger Goodell, I think he does a good job. He's in a tough spot. Most commissioners are not likable. They're not because they, they're the bearer of bad news. You know, when you, have, when you go to an NFL game and you have a great time at the tailgate with the black hole with me and J-Lot in the game, the Raiders win in overtime. You don't walk out and put your hand in the air and go, thanks, Roger Goodell. You don't give him any credit when you have a great time. But you abuse the commissioner when you don't feel right about something. So yesterday, he earned his money. He went in front of Congress, and he talked about Washington's workplace environment, which is clearly the worst in football. It is clear to me that the workplace in Washington was unprofessional, and unacceptable in numerous respects. Bullying, widespread disrespect toward colleagues, use of demeaning language, public embarrassment, and harassment. It sounds like a guy is ready to tell the owner, Daniel Snyder, to get out, doesn't it? If he's saying that to Congress, what do you think he's saying to the owners? What do you think Roger Goodell is going to say when they close the door and they have an owner's meeting if he's talking that way in front of Congress? More from Roger Goodell on more of this environment in the nation's capital, which was terrible. We believe we understand what the environment was at the Washington Commanders for far too long, and it was unacceptable. So there really isn't an individual investigation. The NFL runs these investigations through Beth Wilkerson, and they didn't even get a written report. They got an oral report, and I believe that is one of the key reasons why the Washington Commanders and Roger Goodell are forced to go in front of Congress because they did have an investigation. Snyder and the team was fined $10 million. He's been gone for a year, but there's no transparency. We can't read the report. It's an oral report, and Congress is saying, no, 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 no. We want to know more about what you're going to do in the future with these independent investigations. Will you commit today that if any future allegations against a team owner alleging a misconduct arise that the NFL will conduct an independent investigation, uh, not the team under inquiry, yes or no? 
as part of the personal conduct policy, um, if there was an allegation that triggered that, the league would take over that investigation. So that's his way of running around the answer. Two more here from Roger Goodell yesterday. Again, the exclamation point on Daniel Snyder and the commanders going forward and how he deems this team. I have not seen a workplace in the NFL um, that is anywhere near what we saw in the context of that period of time for the Washington commanders. Oh, man, that's the big one. That's the big one for Goodell. He puts them at the top of the list of inappropriate behavior. And then when we were off the air, the chairman, Congressman Maloney, Congresswoman Maloney, dropped the hammer on Daniel Snyder, who was on his yacht over in Europe. Listen to this. If the NFL is unwilling or unable to hold Mr. Snyder accountable, then I am prepared to do so. That is why I am announcing now my intent to issue a subpoena for the testimony of Mr. Snyder for a deposition next week. I love Congress and sports. I don't like Congress with everything else. I love when Congress gets involved with sports. I just played you the best soundbite for last. Everything that I've been preaching to you since you ever heard me on the radio. If you can't conduct your business in your life, and you're a business owner, you own a company, you're a president of a company, if you can't handle it, and no one's looking, and you're skimming, and you're cheating, you can't get by Congress. When they call you and subpoena you, that is the last stop on the train. Daniel Snyder's last stop on the train is being subpoenaed in front of Congress before there is a vote by the other owners to get 75% majority to vote him out, and then maybe Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, buys it, and everybody else's franchise, and Mark Davis's franchise goes up another billion dollars. Not a half a billion, a billion dollars, because Walmart bought the Denver Broncos, and Amazon might buy Washington if they force Daniel Snyder out. Does everybody get how big this story is? That's how big it is right there. Raider Dave in Denver, where there's new ownership in the mile high. How are you, Dave? I'm doing pretty good. You hit the sledgehammer on the Kelsey nail with talking about somebody needs to go ahead and cover him because otherwise the route through the AFC championship game will not go through Vegas. There are two players that really, really are going to make a difference besides that, that I am so hyped on. And I just, I have to give Marg a pass from last year, Mm -hmm. but I cannot stand the fact that he doesn't go ahead and take one more step and trust his instincts in that Cincinnati game. That should have been a pick six. That first Mm -hmm. score that Cincinnati had, he should have taken it 99 yards the other way. And that game would have been so different. I hope he trusts his instincts this year and gets better. The other question, though, I have is of all the running backs that you were talking about, who's going to take Richard's place and finally run a kickoff back? Well, they they don't run kickoffs back. That's the problem. They don't. So if you're looking at that, uh, that's great. Could Zeus do that, the new running back? Could they throw him back there and he'd be explosive? I don't know. Usually, you you know, Dave, that's not a priority anymore because – what is it, 83% of the time they kick it out of the back of the end zone and there isn't a return? So, yeah, I mean, Rashard was a nice player for a number of years and could do a couple of good things here, but we'll find out in training camp. I appreciate the call, and we'll, we'll talk to special teams, and we'll figure that out here. But to me, that's not a sense of urgency because they're taking the foot out of football. We got the kicker in Carlson. We got the punter in Cole. We know Renfro can return kickoffs and punts. They're going to retire him so he doesn't take a beating and move him back to more of a primary wide receiver who doesn't put his body on the line there, and that'll be competition via special teams. And look, you know, as the Athletic went by position by position, when it came to special teams here, they're pretty loaded at special teams. Sieg, Carlson, and Cole 
give the Raiders a strength here, but we'll see. It'll be someone competing for a roster spot, uh, most likely in the running back room that can do that when necessary. 702-365-9200. I'm excited for this interview. Bill Krakenberg is going to join us. He's in the middle of nowhere. He's at the end of a road on the border of Nevada in Arizona placing bets, and I don't truly understand why. I think he's looking to get uh, a better odds from Nevada to Arizona. So he's going to walk us through this story. If you are a gambler, listen to my show because I don't gamble. I repeat, I don't bet, but I put the best gamblers on the radio. So you don't have to have to listen to these scam artists in town with their 800 numbers trying to get you to bet, and they have no track record. Listen to the people that make money. We got two of them today, and your phone calls the rest of the way, 702-365-9200. PT's fuels the monologue every day, the inspiration of 64 tavern locations here in the Valley, the SG Bar, where I had a meeting yesterday. Fantastic unbelievable food wherever it is you want to go to game play the machines you want to watch sports you want to get a great lunch go for the happy hour five to seven midnight to two the best happy hour in town is pt's What a year for the Yankees. You just heard Steph McKenzie, the voice of our show, on top of being the absolute best rock jock in Vegas history. Uh, We're brought to you by Modelo with the Fighting Spirit. We'll be taking the show on the road on the Vegas Strip with Modelo. They were kind enough to have us out before the draft at Cafe Americano at Caesars. It was such a great turnout by you and the Raider Nation. We look forward to going back again. So the Yankees are playing at such a high level now. They're playing as good as the 1927 Yankees, widely considered the greatest team they've ever had. Yankees on top of the American League East with a 51-18 and record. They have a 12-game lead on Toronto and 12-and-a-half on the Red Sox. In the Central, the Cleveland Guardians are in first place. Uh, they've won three in a row, and they're doing a hell of a job. They're on top of the Twins. Houston Astros have a 10-game lead on the Rangers in the West. Uh, Your Oakland Athletics are 21 games out, and I prepared the show in advance. A great opportunity to remind you that the minor league product at the ballpark in Summerlin, the Las Vegas ballpark, is better than the major league ballpark in Oakland. Uh, Dave Cavill, the president of the team, has now destroyed the Oakland Athletics organization. The fans have figured it out with the lowest attendance in baseball that they're being used as a pawn on a potential move to Las Vegas where the majority of Las Vegas doesn't want the Oakland A's because the Oakland A's aren't run well. They're a bad team with a bad owner. And if you're not going to spend any money in one of the richest markets in the world, the Bay Area, East Bay, where the crow can fly to Apple, Facebook, Oracle, and spend any money there, why would you do it in Vegas? So this is the perfect storm, like what's happening in the economy with the stock market, inflation. The stock market is down. Interest rates is going up. People need cash, and they're going, wow. How am I going to get cash? If I need cash, i got to sell something, and my stock portfolio's down. It's the same thing with the A's. It's the perfect storm of dysfunction as Don Logan's baseball team in Summerlin, the Aviators, 
doing unbelievable business. My son went to the ballpark last night, had, had a great time, came home, said, Dad, I love it there. Great game. Chris Bryant was coming back on a rehab assignment with the isotopes. Why see the Oakland A's play in Las Vegas when you can see the Aviators play and know that ownership cares more? Uh, in the National League, the Mets have a four-and-a-half game lead over the Braves. In the Central, it's the Cardinals, one game over the Brewers. And then out west, the Padres and the Dodgers are tied. And that's a big deal here because both of those teams are really good. And if they come down to the wire, it's going to be really fun to see. 702-365-9200. We are waiting on Bill Krakenberger, who's placing bets somewhere in Arizona, deep in the border of Nevada. And he's about to call in in a minute, so I'll wait for him. He's supposed to call in. And then we have Mike North coming up. Again, Vic Tafer's column with Deshaun Reed on the depth of the Raiders and your last concern on the depth here. The other big news in the NFL still remains Deshaun Watson as they're waiting for four more cases to settle. And what, what people aren't understanding on these last four cases that haven't settled yet, there's a reason to that. Possibly the individuals, the women on the other side are holding out for more money. And that's a story that's developing now. America's favorite sports gambler, my friend Bill Krakenberger, joins us somewhere on the border between Nevada and Arizona. Crack, good to talk to you. I don't understand this. Your phone, your service, the casinos that you're using. Why do you go to this particular spot to place your bets? Explain this to us. I'm actually at the Hoover Dam Lodge. I don't know why it wouldn't let me. uh, I have signal. I'm on Wi-Fi. But uh, I'm sorry. It took a second there to get through. Uh, yeah, well, the reason I'm here is because I'm making multiple trips over the border here, which is just literally right past the dam. I found the spot I can actually make bets with DraftKings and the other sports books that are legal in Arizona, but not legal in Nevada. And the reason why is let's just be blunt about this. There's nobody in Nevada that has the draft up right now. So uh, there was only two casinos, actually, William Hill and Westgate. And uh, they were nice enough to take bets for me. Uh, I actually did bet some, make some bets with both of them. Um, and now I'm betting with DraftKings, and so they're putting up their different bets throughout the day. Once information comes out from my team, uh, I just literally trek over the border here, make some bets. I made two of them today, but earlier in the week was really the good information we got that uh, Orlando was seriously looking at Benchero, which is the first pick in the for the first mm-hmm. pick in the draft. I took sixteen to one at Westgate, uh, took twelve to one and nine to one with DraftKings, and some other places. I actually found eighteen to one for a small bet. Uh, so, yeah, and, and they don't have, like I said, right now they don't have it anywhere in, in Nevada. So I have to, unfortunately, be over here. You know, Nevada is not the sports betting capital no more. New York first, or New Jersey being second, and Arizona here for me because I'm able to bet all these different options. Is that is, that is remarkable to me. So you don't even have to go to an Arizona casino. Uh, paint a picture for me. You can drive on a pavement road that becomes a dirt road, get cell yeah. service there on your app, and place bets. And you're a big gambler. You bet a lot of money. And it's just incredible that you can't get that service to the degree that you like in beautiful Las Vegas, the supposable entertainment capital of the world. Yeah, people are always surprised. I had a USA Today reporter do a story yesterday. He had no clue. He thought Nevada is where everyone goes to bet sports, and he was really shocked to hear that I actually go to New Jersey to bet when I'm betting serious sports. Now, we do have places in Nevada like Circa takes a bet off me, Westgate takes a bet, uh, South Point will take a bet in person, uh, but but – to be honest with you, the variety that's offered by these other places, uh, these big sports books, they offer a lot of different things that 
Circa and, and even Westgate, these places don't offer me. So uh, I, I do go out of state to bet lots of times, and, and there is you know, good information if you put the time in, you put the legwork in. I literally was going about 18 miles in, and then I said, let me just try to stop on one of these roads. I sent you the video where I made bets from. I literally get off of a road, and, and it and turns into a dirt road, and the dirt road right before the cattle grate crossing is oh. where I stop. I'm not going over the cattle grate for fear of uh, finding bodies. So I, I uh, literally, that's where I stop, make my bets, and uh, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> Bill Krakenberg is our guest. This is fabulous to me. So why do you bet the NBA draft? I'm fascinated by this because it, for me, it's the first three picks, and they're all unique players, and they could go one, two, or three, or it could go three, two, one, or the second pick, Holmgren, it could be him, him going three instead of two or one. Where do you see the value with the information that you look for when you bet the NBA draft? Well, to give you a perfect example, uh, Banchero was a long shot, 16-18 to 1-12 to 1. And uh, I've seen a couple NBA mock drafts, uh, and the mocks had him going much higher than uh, – it literally said that he could go first, second, or third. Of course, we know. But it was up in the air. Because even Houston wanted him, so Houston could trade up the, for the number one because they actually seemed like they wanted him, even though they had the third pick. So there's a couple wild cards in there. He just shouldn't have been a double-digit favorite uh, if he's going to. If there's rumors about him being number one. Now, of course, uh, Wojo came out this morning with uh, his inside information that he believes that Orlando is going to pick. Um, I, I'm at a loss for words now. The number one pick, and he's the most popular pick. But so so they thought he was going to pick. Uh, he, he kind of knows the inside information on a lot of things, but I'm still willing to say he's wrong on this one. So, wow. on the NBA draft, you asked you ask to say what, why I bet the NBA draft. Well, NBA sides, if you're going to bet an NBA game, every single media outlet uh, covers uh, NBA, and, and the bookmaker can get, a, get, get, get the right line on something like that, where there's just, if you pay attention to social media, maybe some of the mock drafts, and um, you know, try to get a little bit of, of insider information by, by reading the, uh, the, the literally came from a Twitter account that I seen that Orlando was looking at uh, Banchero. You know, Orlando was looking at Banchero. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to get the other guy. It's amazing. Jabari right? Smith. I, I, Jabari I, Smith. I know Jabari's name. Yeah, so Jabari, Jabari Smith. Right now, Jabari Smith's odds at, at DraftKings now is he is the favorite, minus mm-hmm. four to one. Uh, Banchero's plus two. 225 Holgram plus 16 to one. Now, when I woke, when I went to bed last night, my guy Banchero was minus two to one, minus 190, and I woke up this morning to him being plus 10 to one again. Amazingly, he was plus 10 to one again. And even though Wojo came out with that information, he's usually right. I don't know. I think I got some solid information. So I'm hoping I put my money where my mouth is. That's for sure. Before I open my mouth and give it to people. I've given it to about 300 people, all my crack wins guys. I gave it at 12 to 1 when it was available for three hours after I gave it out still. And I'm hoping we're right. You know, listen, I've lost bets before of this size that I've made. I mean, I bet a lot of money on this. So I've lost these kind of bets before, uh, and I won these kind of bets. I just, I think it's a lot of value, though. You can only, you can only take 2 to 1 now. And, uh, you know, I took 12 to 1 or even 9 to 1. If there's even a hedge there, if you want to bet Smith minus 4 to 1, you can hedge there. I'm not hedging, though. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't bet the hedge. Bill Krakenberger, as we wrap it up, you know, Crack, it's interesting to me when 
you know, I think of the gambling here in town. You put out a great tweet that I saw today, and it sums it up what I've seen in Vegas over the last couple of years. You said it takes a genius to win betting sports long term. However, you can basically be an idiot and be a millionaire bookmaking. Uh, elaborate on that and how difficult well, sure. it's been lately for some of these sports bettors to make money consistently over the long term. What do you mean by that? It's the toughest thing to, to make money betting sports. There's so many different skill sets you have to master, not just finding and getting the information. Now you have to apply it and apply those skill sets and apply the temperament that's involved. You cannot be uh, a, a person that is watching, yelling, and screaming at things because what's going to happen is if you lose, you're going to chase with bad information or your own information or something you come up with just watching something on ESPN or one of these media outlets that basically know nothing. They're retired players, coaches, whatever they are. I respect them all for the positions they have and the jobs they've had in life, but they could never make a living betting sports, that's for sure, even though they act like it or some of the media people act like they can make money betting sports. It's such a tough thing to do. That literally, you'll be shocked to hear this, JT. I wouldn't recommend this for anyone full time. I wouldn't recommend sports betting. No way. I just know what the human nature is. I I know what the you know our, our con- the human condition is of of which to chase and not have bankroll management, not a bad percentage of bankroll. So I know what it's like. And and I, and I just uh, I put that up there this morning. It's true. There's been so much. I, I know guys that are total idiots that are millionaires because they were bookmaking their whole life. They know nothing. They're idiots. But I know guys that are geniuses that bet sports, and they have other vices, especially in a town like Vegas where there's drinking, drugs, women, alcohol. I mean, there's so many different things that you, you have here, other sports to bet on, and uh, they, 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 they fail. So, mm-hmm. Hey, Greg, last one. You and I both love mafia movies, right? We just lost Ray Liotta, uh, Goodfellows, and you're a, you're a guy who's a sharp guy. And from the, the people you've met over the years, some of the wise guys, especially in Atlantic City and New York and the bookmakers who are working for their homes. And I noticed when you drive, you got to go by Lake Mead. And there's less and less water. And there's a lot of things showing up in that water. Boats. There was a body found there. In the old mafia movies, it was about the woods and putting them out in the woods and what was going to happen in the, the city or Whitey Bulger outside of Boston and where he was taking people. We got this really dark story happening here in Lake Mead. Anything you want to share about what's coming up from the bottom of Lake Mead as you've been traveling sure. back, and, back and forth? Sure, sure. This is something that the current media doesn't want to talk about. They, they kind of don't like the, their, their history of the Las Vegas history of the mob. Well, meanwhile, it was a better town when the mob ran Las Vegas, a much better town in life. It was a much better country for certain things anyway. Uh, you know, that they know, just like in the movie casino, they know what you drank, what you gambled on, what you smoked, and, and, and they give you the, the service. Now it's all, you know, a 25-year-old kid that swipes your card and gives you the theoretical to get a comp. There's no handwritten comps no more. So anyway, going back to that, what you said, though, yes, what happened in the 70s and 80s, I'm sure Lake Mead was a dumping ground for bodies, and I'm sure they, they, that, they, you know, they found a body in the barrel, and I'm sure there's more of them. Lake Mead is drying up. Listen, when I go to make the bets just today, when I stopped my car, I got out of my car, I don't know why I quickly got back in my car. It just, it seemed eerie to me out there. I said, you know, I got, I, I literally never, I didn't think about it when I was getting out of the car, but when I was out of there, I said, it just seemed eerie. Cause I know, you know, listen, there was a lot of problems years. There was a lot of years ago. And uh, there was a lot of holes that were pre dug in the desert. And basically the problems went in the holes. So that's why you'd never have all the rioting and the crazy stuff that went on here two years ago in Las Vegas. If the mob guys were running the place, that's all I'll say. 
Well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You said it, and uh, we look at Lake Mead, and I hope it rains one day. And It would have to rain right. a thousand days in a row, 24 hours a day, to put an inch of water back into that body of water. Crack, I know you're Absolutely. busy today. You're placing a lot of bets. I'll text you tonight after the draft. I hope you win big. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Bye now. You got it. Bill Krakenberger. The guy is parked in the middle of nowhere placing bets. Did you hear what he said? That only two houses he would take his NBA draft bets, so he had to drive down a dirt road so he could get his app working in Arizona to place bets here. Incredible. So he's right. Uh, Las Vegas is where a lot of people come to bet. Now that gaming is, sports betting is legal in New York, it's been huge in New Jersey. Wait till it gets to Florida and California. Just wait and what the world's going to look like. And it's a vice for a lot of people, and that's why we try to put people on the radio that can help you win. I know a lot of sports gamblers, and several of my friends have their lives together. They have a nice wife. They have kids. They bet a little to try to make a lot, and then there are people that just can't do it. They can't do it. They win a little. They never take money out of their app. They never take money in their winnings and put it away, and they just let it roll. They let it ride, and eventually they have to quit and get help. It is hard to do. That's one of the best sports gamblers, most successful, documented in America, and he says most people lose. Bet with your wallet not with your head. 702-365-9200. Mike North joins us next hour. When we come back, name, image, and likeness. How much did Arch Manning get to go to Texas to play quarterback? The breaking news today, the grandson of Archie Manning, Eli and Peyton's nephew, decided to go to Texas and has sent shockwaves throughout college football. I'll touch on that next. Brought to you by our great friends, At Virgin Hotels, head on out to Virgin to see great shows, great dining experiences, the old hard rock. It's an absolute joke that people put the hard work in and do it. It's irresponsible, but it's funny when they get it, it's all okay. Ball games are changing, man. It ain't because of NIL and what goes on. It's pretty irresponsible of all of them. They're clowns. Oh, that's Jimbo Fisher. Maybe the best soundbite of the year. JT, back with you. How about that? Turn it up. A killer queen is playing at the M Resort, Spawn Casino, official hotel of the Raiders. I put the tweet out. You can go see them on Saturday night. The M puts on great shows. The pool is great. All their venues there are fantastic. So if you're a fan of Queen, go see Killer Queen. Doors at 7. I think tickets are 25 bucks. Well worth it if you're looking for some entertainment on Saturday night at M Resort. A proud partner of our show. So before I get to the NIL and what happened with Arch Manning, the breaking news, Hall of Famer Hugh McElhaney has died at the age of 93. Any football player who loves the history of the sport should know this name. One of the biggest football stars of the 50s died at the age of 93, was a California state champion. In both the hurdles and the long jump in high school, he was about to close and go and figure out where he was going to play. It was either going to be UCLA or USC, and he ended up going to the University of Washington and became an All-American fullback as well as a punt returner, kickoff returner, and kicker. His 296-yard rushing game against Washington State remains Washington's all-time record. So he had an incredible career in the NFL. A lot of 49ers know all about him. By 1961, they felt like he lost a step and uh, placed him on the expansion list. 
allowing him to leave for the Vikings. That was a, an expansion team. First year when the Vikings came in, he had a good first season with them, but he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1970, the College Football Hall of Fame in 1981. He was a commentator on the Niners radio broadcast, and then in the 1970s, he joined a group attempting to bring NFL expansion to Seattle. They were unsuccessful at that time, but eventually a new group found the Seahawks. He defined the game. Most of the footage of him is grainy black and white, but some of those plays stand the test of time. Hugh McElhaney, dead at the age of 93. And at the top of the hour, a couple of memories of Tony Saragusa. The goose passed away yesterday at the age of 55. And man, that's been a gut punch to Fox, the broadcast partners, where he was a great sideline reporter. Also the Colts, especially the Ravens, where he won a Super Bowl. So the big news today is Arch Manning, the quarterback, has decided to commit to Texas. So everybody was coming after him. He chose Texas over Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and Virginia. Arch Manning has long been considered the top player in the class of 2023. The family remained intent on attempting to stay out of the recruitment if they could, but he just put it out there today, committed to the University of Texas. Hook him. Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian also reacted to Manning's announcement, first retweeting and then writing, all gas, no breaks, in a follow-up. Now, he is the grandson of Archie Manning and the son of Cooper Manning, uh, one of the three brothers from the Manning family. He's a star quarterback in New Orleans. He threw for 5,731 yards and 72 touchdowns in his first three years there. So a lot of people today are having fun with this because they don't know how much money he got. And it's, it could be in the millions because quarterbacks now in college could get a million dollars a year, a million. Well, Arch Manning could get two. And if you think about that, he is going to be a super celebrity at the University of Texas. He's going to have a national presence, and he's going to have a massive presence in the state of Texas. So that's how they're doing it now. You know, look at how good Alabama and Georgia is. They both wanted him, and Texas was able to get him. I try to bring everything back to Las Vegas these two hours from noon to two. How does UNLV, how does UNLV get in this business? We have billion-dollar casino after billion-dollar casino, but most of them are run by corporations and public companies that aren't going to pay NIL to players to play UNLV football. But there are still multi-multi-millionaires moving to Southern Nevada who have got to open up their pockets and donate to UNLV football because it's Division One. We're in the big boy game here, Division One football, UNLV football, and we support the coach in a big way. More money needs to be raised, not to get Arch Manning, but maybe get someone who's damn good who can help redefine this program. It's time for people to reach in their pockets if they want to be legitimate college boosters. UNLV football could use that help right now.